Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast with Jess Connolly and Kanisha Bikes. Today, we're talking to one of our friends, a woman who runs on mission. We are praying this conversation leaves you fired up and ready to go right where you're at. We're super thankful for you. Let's go. Oh my goodness, friends. We are here today with Bethany Ricks someone I've been looking forward to just sitting with and having a conversation with personally, honestly, for a while. But now I'm so excited that you all get to sit with me too and have this awesome conversation with such a talented, gifted woman. You guys can't see her face right now, but legitimately she's shocked that I said that. I don't know why, because she is a very talented and gifted woman. And as she explains or describe some of her life to us, you'll gather that yourself as well. And also, if you follow her online, you will see just how gifted she actually is. So, Bethany, without further ado, could you introduce yourself to our friends here at Go and Tell? Further ado. (laughs) Like you said, I'm Bethany Ricks. I am a mother of two beautiful children. My son is nine and my daughter is seven, which means I live in a constant state of sighing. I'm just always... (laughs) I'm just always dying, just just breathing. (laughs) Aside from that, I am a former business executive. I left corporate America in October of 2020. And the position I held was senior vice president. It was for a public company. My team was around 90 global. Really big job, had a lot of fun. I was in business for almost 20 years. So that was a wild ride. And then I stepped away to really focus on what I do now, which is writing and speaking and leading and pouring into other women and doing it relentlessly. Thank you. I'm going to just get right into it because I think that you mentioned the fact that you're in this corporate job holding a senior position and things are great, you know. Then all of a sudden there's this plot twist that I think I want you to talk about. (laughs) Tell us about that plot twist, because I think I'm really always curious about a big struggle for me sometimes is, you know, like a lot of times we think we know what God is doing and we think we know, (laughs) right? Like, I think he does that too. I think he laughs too, but we think we know what God is doing and we think um, we have our lives figured out and we think, oh yeah, I know exactly what my purpose is. I know exactly what I'm called to. And then all of a sudden there's this plot twist where you figure out that you're not God actually, and that God is God and that he actually knows what he's doing. So talk to me a little bit about what that was like making that transition from corporate America. You're obviously making great money. I'm sure, you know, all the things are in place. And then all of a sudden, God's like, yeah, we're just going to change this up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a plot twist. And really what happened was 2020. So the company I was working for, everyone went home. We all started working from home. So we're locked at our desks, in our homes, around the world for days and days on end. Prior to that, I had spent most of my time on airplanes, traveling the world. So I was very rarely sitting. And there had been a path laid before me. I was the number two in the company. I was in place to be the number one within kind of my function, which was human resources. And that's what I was doing. I was in Charleston, looking at buying a second home, doing all the things. I'm going to retire at 45. That's my plan. And 
the more I sat at home and had space with God, unbeknownst to me, he was slowly turning my heart towards, I'm no longer satisfied with the path that I had laid before me and what my plan had been for my life. I've always known that I was called to lead women. I'm really big on unity and community and rallying people. And so I felt that God had blessed my career using the gifts he had given me. And this is what I was called to do. I was, I was called to lead in corporate America and make a lot of money. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) That's what I was born to do. And then a series of events occurred. And when God said, go, it was much easier than what I had I, I would have thought it would have been. And that's because I had failed to recognize that the past 18 years had been preparation for the purpose. It had not actually been my purpose. It was the preparation for the call. But along the way, I had just assumed, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do because man has deemed me successful. Uh, and I'm blowing all the statistics out of the water. I'm 32 years old and I'm doing all the things. But the entire time, it had really been preparation for the call, not actually the call. Wow. So the call, let's talk about that. What exactly would you say? Like, how would you sum up, you know, you're here with Go and Tell. Obviously, our heart and soul is really mission. And so when we talk about that or when we think about that in relation to what you just shared, what would you say your call is? What is your mission? Well, when I left, God had not because I'm stubborn and I have like my own view on how I want to do things. So when I actually transitioned out, I had, God hadn't given me the exact words to articulate my purpose and my mission in life, but I knew I was called lead women. So like, that's fine. And I knew that I could write. So clearly I'm supposed to be writing books. And then a little while ago, as in this year, it wasn't, it wasn't in 2020. It was this year. He told me that the reason I was born, my purpose in life is to help other women achieve their well done. Wow. That you shared that story with me. You shared I did, the I story. You did. I'm like, Bethany, tell the story the way you told it to me the other day. It's like, don't shortchange our listeners. Don't shortchange our friends here. So I was sitting at, I was sitting at my, my desk sitting and I had asked God a very specific question and I had received the email from Brianna. I was reading the email from Brianna to come onto this podcast. And there's a very specific line about mission. And though I, over the years, have been able to articulate, I'm a leader, I'm called to pour into women. It felt right, but it never settled. And I sat back in this chair and I said, God, how do you, something I'd never asked him, how do you want me to articulate what I was born to do? What, what do you want me to say? And he didn't answer in the question it, right in that second. I was driving my car and that's when he told me. Wow. And I turned my car around and went to my dad's house. He's a pastor. He's been a pastor since I was five. And when I told him, he turned and looked at me and said, wow. Because the depth of what that means, which is my well done, my good and faithful servant, is directly attached to me helping other women through prayer, giving, being a daysman, one hand on them, one hand on God, interceding for them getting on a plane if they need me to in an effort to help them achieve their well done, which is directed by God, not by me. Yeah. That's so interesting because I think a lot of times it's so easy to 
Once you hear that word from God, if you will, or we hear, you know, we get some direction from the Holy Spirit, at least for me and for my personality, I'm like, I'm all in or I'm all out. So I'm all in. Right. And I think a lot of times it's really easy to not think about other people and, you know, you know, reaching back, if you will. Right. To grab a hold of those who are friends, who are strangers, you know, what have you to also remind them. And I think that's such a beautiful piece of obviously, you know, holistically as followers of Christ, that is our calling. We are to yeah. to do that. But but I think specifically when it comes to your story and, you know, what God is doing in you, I'm so curious about how you see yourself doing that. How do you see yourself pulling people, shaking people, reminding people, reminding women specifically, hey, no matter where you are in life, no matter, you know, how dead you may feel inside, no matter what plan you had for yourself, no matter the disappointment that you may be feeling in whatever season you're in, like God has a story, God has a plan. Like, how do you actually practically see yourself tangibly doing that? Do you have vision for that? Yeah. So it shows up in three ways. Two are seen, one is unseen, but I'll explain all three. First is in the form of writing. So I write in really short bursts and I get right to the heart of the issue. Because a lot of times what gets in our way is stuff, unhealed pain, trauma that's not named. We're angry with God. We don't want to say that we are, but we are. We're living in frustration. And so I write about those things that sometimes aren't really trending, but they're matters of the heart. Yeah, yeah. And then it shows up in how I talk and when I kind of do podcasts or my other page, which is Jesus Fed Bible Led where I specifically talk with other women about issues that matter to them that aren't based on necessarily what's going on in the world, but what goes on behind closed doors right before we close our eyes and, you know, go to sleep at night, that worry, those things that run through our head. So I want to talk about things like that to help people get the stuff out of the way so that they can achieve their well done. Yeah. Then the last way it shows up, which is an unseen, which is not seen, is I spend most of my day praying for other women. Oh. Specifically, will God will drop a word? I will shoot them a text. I will shoot them a direct message, encouraging them if they need something, providing it and giving it without expectation. Which sometimes freaks people out because they're like, "Wait, I was like, I don't want anything. This is God directed. I don't. I just had this conversation." Yesterday with someone, God had put it on my heart to drop her a word and bless her as I was getting ready. And I did that. And then it turned into this whole conversation about leadership and the manifestation of character. And it was a God moment. But that was me operating in obedience, which is all he requires of me right now. Yeah. Just obey. I love that. So Jesus Led Bible Fed is another ministry, but can we call it that, that you have and that I believe came out of that season or this season that you're, is a part of this new season that you're walking into, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit about Jesus at Bible Fit. So it started what I had just had a TIA. So those who don't know, it's a precursor to a stroke in September of 2020. So I was out in Utah and God dropped that in my spirit. He said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to talk with women about real issues, things that are going on, and all of the tools up until this point, you're going to give them really to other women. And then I left my job and he told me to rest. He said, don't do anything. 
So I struggled with that for a while. And then in March kicked it off. And it's really conversation about issues like boundaries, knowing the difference between a mentor, a friend, an advocate, a game changer, things that people don't generally talk about, but things that also get in our way and trip us up as we're on mission, as we're you know, trying to manage motherhood and jobs and vision. So topics like that are tackled. That's awesome. So a very practical, like tangible piece of like how to walk some of those things out. Yes. So what would you say, you know, you mentioned like you had to learn how to rest. What would you say to those women who are out there who are, you know, maybe those Enneagram threes, those Enneagram ones, those top performers. <laughs> I'm calling you out. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. No, but seriously, I think all of us struggle, you know, with that. Learn. Honestly, I do think culturally speaking, we have a problem with rest. I think God has been really speaking to me about even just what it looks like to rest in times where it feels like we need to work or we need to, you know, ensure that something happens or we need to help God along the way, you know? But what would you say to those women who are out there who are struggling with putting things down, you know, because that was your life, you know, there was no such thing as rest. You had to perform. You had to, you know, create those spaces that were productive. Yeah. So, and then now here you are on the other side, which it sounds like you are in a very restful space. I am. Kind of. (laughs) Because your energy is like super high. Like, I don't know how old you are, but I look at you sometimes, I'm like, Bethany is literally, I don't even know where she gets all the energy from, but I love it. Seriously. I balance it. I'm almost 38. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's some balance. There's some balance there. But yeah. when, I, when I'm on, I'm hitting it. I'm you hitting are, it hard. You are. Her, her shirt, you guys can't see, but her shirt says wild woman. She is a wild woman. I am. <laughs> but yeah, what would you say to those women out there who struggle with that? Learning how to rest. What would be some advice you would give to um, some of those women out there who struggle in that area? One of the biggest things is you miss the lesson Mm. and you miss the opportunity to turn moments into movements, Mm. which means you have to relearn the lesson again. When we're moving so fast, sometimes we miss those opportunities to refine, redefine kind of who we are and how we're showing up in the world. And when you're sprinting through your valley, you are going to miss those lessons along the way. The other piece is generally you're carrying stuff that you don't need to. Yeah. When you're constantly moving, you're carrying burdens, decisions that really you need to either lay before the feet of God, or if you have a team, you should be delegating. But you're moving so fast that you can't even, can't even think about those things. You can't even process what's happening right in front of you. So it's missed opportunity when you're not, and you're not letting God be God. Hey friends, Brenna here. In case you haven't heard, If Lead is August 7th, and guys, you can't miss this. You've probably heard about the If Gathering before, and If Lead is just as incredible. After one of the hardest years of being a leader, it's time to rebuild. The reality is this, people have a spiritual hunger that we hold the answer to, and never in our lifetime has it been more important to feed hungry people. Whether we're leading our families, our teams, our classrooms, or our Bible studies, there's a lot of work to be done, and we are the people God is called to do it. During If Lead 2021, we want to give you practical conversations, teaching, and next steps that will help you remember that you're not alone and equip you to reclaim discipleship in this new day. 
We know you're tired and we want Ifly to be a chance for you to reset for the fall. Some of our very favorite Bible teachers are going to be there and Jess will even be leading a breakout. Go grab a couple of friends and watch it in your living room. It'll be the perfect refresher you need to be encouraged as you move forward. You can get your digital pass at iflead2021.com. Passes start at just $29. That's iflead2021.com, which we've linked to in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. I want to turn a little bit, a pivot, and talk a little bit about something that you've mentioned online a little bit, which is, you know, you came out of corporate America in the fall of 2020 and also walk through divorce. And I think there's so many, let's just like kill the elephant in the room, which is like, can we just say that word without gasping or clutching pearls? You know what I mean? Like being sensitive to, you know, so many different types of situations and um, not needing to get into the details of any of that for you specifically. But I do think it's really important to like normalize a lot of the conversations that haven't been normalized in the church. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about as comfortable as you would be with, you know, whatever that would look like, but divorce, like, can we just say that first of all, without again, you know, being completely shocked in the church. And then, you know, we can talk about this, but just even shame that specifically, because I think that because of uh, negative connotation and negative things attached to the idea or the act of divorce in the church. And obviously we know, you know, we could probably spat out 50 scriptures to support somebody's ideas, right? But there comes this struggle with shame. We take out divorce and insert pornography, insert sex before marriage. Uh, You know, we could go on and on about that. So I really think I want to talk about a couple of things with that in your life. First of all, share whatever you want to share on, on that as far as like just understanding that season and kind of what happened, if you will. And then my direct question really is, is did you struggle with shame in that, right? Because your dad's a pastor. Oh, absolutely. I don't know your dad and that's not, you know, some diagnosis for him, but like, I can imagine being a pastor's kid that there's a lot there. Oh, that's a pot. That's a separate. (laughs) That's a whole podcast. So I, I was married for 10 years, divorced in 2017. Okay. And I was probably married longer because of the fact that my dad was a minister. So not pressure from my parents or my family. Yes. But the fact my dad was a minister, the perception that I was trying to play to as a successful businesswoman, nice house, Mm. husband, 2.5 kids had a German shepherd, all the things, all the things. So there was a perception that I was trying to manage. And even when my husband filed, my ex-husband filed for divorce and we were going through the process, I didn't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. So I went through most of the process without anyone knowing, except for some of my close friends, because of the shame that I had associated with divorce and the whispers that I just personally didn't feel like dealing with. Yeah. Even my Enneagram eight self was like, I, I'm not, I do not have the energy. I do not have the mental horsepower. I'm trying to figure my life out. And some of the backlash that came with that was slightly unexpected (laughs) from the church and not necessarily my father's church, but the community 
there was there was this comment made that had gotten back to me that how how could my father stand in the pulpit and preach and his own daughter can't keep her marriage together they didn't know any of the details they have no idea what happened but it was this if you are a christian let alone a member of a pastor's family everything is supposed to be rainbows and unicorns and that's a false expectation right 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 i had to work through that i was angry with with god which i've spoken about because i'm like what is what is what is life right now i i don't i don't really understand you've blessed this career but my personal life is in complete shambles and so i kind of blocked god off for a while because i was so hurt and dismayed by what i was going through what i was feeling and what was happening in my own life it was it was a very difficult time it was a very difficult time what i see significant in that is that that was 2017 and that was before any transition with your job happened and before god you know, shifted your mission, if you will. So there was this period of time from 2017 to 2020, let's call that three years, maybe a little bit less or more, give or take on that. But where did it feel like a wilderness to you? Oh, yes, absolutely. I'd say my valley was 13 years because Mm. my, my marriage was a volatile one. I'll use that word. So it definitely wasn't rainbows and unicorn. I was the person pulling into the driveway and I was a woman of God pulling into the driveway after work, sitting there with clenched fists on the wheel. I do not want to go in here because I know from this point on, it's going to, you know, I'm going into battle. I'm going into battle. So it was absolutely a wilderness. And I thought God had left me. I thought he had left me and had forgotten me. Yeah. So what did you do in that time? I think, you know, so many of us walk through those seasons. I mean, if we suck air on this earth, that we're, we will come up against those seasons. How do you walk through seasons like that and not forget mission, not forget purpose, not forget calling? Like what helped you get through outside of the very obvious, like practical, hey, I read my Bible. You know, I reached out, to, you know, I, I called out to God or cried out to God. Would you say that community surrounded you? What did, what did some, of, some of your support system look like during that time? And how did you keep your eyes, or did you, were you able to keep your eyes focused on mission? What did that look like? I, did, I didn't keep my eyes focused on mission because at that point, I was not writing. So the divorce is what prompted me to pick up the pen again. So I wasn't writing and I focused on the distraction because I couldn't deal with the hurt. Yeah, yeah. And the distraction at the time was motherhood and my job, mm-hmm. which was a very demanding job. So I didn't create space for God to move until it was probably a year and a half after the divorce, maybe a year after the divorce. God, I was running. And I remember he asked me the question of where are you? Mm-hmm. And I dismissed it. And later that night, I was in my room crying. And I said out loud, I feel like you've left me. And he said, I've been here the whole time. Wow. And that was the moment that started to reconcile who God was to me and what who he had always been to me. He'd never changed. He had never changed. He had never left me. And that moment was very significant for me. And then the breadcrumbs started to be laid out with the writing and with 
meeting certain women and certain women speaking into my life and me receiving what they had to say. Mm. And that's how it kind of bloomed into what it is today. So essentially, I mean, just I think like so many of us who have gone through seasons like that, we are reminded over and over again that God meets us in the wilderness. You know, when he said to you, when you're sitting there on that bed and you're like, you know, crying out to him, he's reminding you, I have not left you. I've been right here all along. We know Jesus never asked questions. You know, we read scripture. He doesn't ask because he doesn't know the answer. Yeah. He's asking because he's trying to get something to us and sounded like he was trying to get some truth, some peace to you in that moment. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. He waited for me and he chased me simultaneously. And only God can do that. Yeah. Only God can do that. So relentless. So relentless. Yeah. That's powerful. I'm going to pivot again a little bit here. And there's a couple of things that we always ask. One of them is, what does mission mean to you? Which I think we kind of already touched on that a little bit. But I want to know right now for you, and maybe you kind of touched on this, but I'm going to ask directly, what's hard for you about running on mission right now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Surrendering. Surrendering. That's That's the word I would use which is essentially relinquishing control mm-hmm. to God and the decisions I make, what my vision is, what my dreams are, how I show up, who, who I pour into that full dependency on God. That is hard for me because he's laid a path before me, but you know, I want to add my own you little flair do what to you want to do. Yeah. 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 That strong eight wing seven there. Exactly. <laughs> like let's, let's go. Let's rock yeah. and roll. Yeah. Uh, and that's a daily thing for me. It's not something that I can put on the shelf. I have to be very intentional about surrendering my purpose and who I am and who I surround myself with over to God. Yeah. Well, the other thing that we always want to know and that we always want to kind of stand beside our guests in is support and prayer. So how can we support you? How can we pray for you? How can we come alongside you in this season? Oh, so many things. (laughs) (laughs) Name them all. We're not intimidated. One of the big things that I've been praying about for myself is that God surround me with women who are not on my watch women. Mm. And what that means to me is women who aren't going to let me miss a beat, who are going to hold me accountable, love me for who I am, not lower expectation for what God has called Mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. to do. And when I've shared that with someone, with another woman, I'm sharing it with the expectation of, if you see me slipping, yeah. And I, I need that because when I was in the corporate world, I did not have that. And I know what lonely leadership feels like. Mm. And I know what it feels like to be racing forward and looking over your shoulder at the same time. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You will trip. When you're looking over your shoulder while you're charging up a hill because you don't have the right people around you, that is a difficult task. And so I just want to be surrounded by the right type of woman. And I want to be the right type of woman to other women. Yeah. I want to be that for them because it's hard when you don't have that. Yeah. That is a great point. It is. It is really hard when you feel alone. I mean, there are so many things that happen Mm -hmm. and can go awry (laughs) when you are physically alone and honestly, even spiritually speaking for our thoughts and our mind, when we don't have that community and we don't have that support, that's really important. Well, I, 
think that we're not going to have any problem being your not on my watch women. <laughs> and I want to be that for you all. Also. Yeah, you're so great, Bethany. I'm so thankful for you. Thankful for your voice, for your gifts. I'm actually really legitimately excited for what God is going to do in and through you with uh, Jesus led Bible fed through your writing. I just think it's going to be so amazing. And we know that he does exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, think or imagine. So it's going to be good. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate the encouragement. Thank you for being here with us. So thankful for you. Thankful for you guys too. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We are grateful that you were able to listen in. If you love this episode, would you do us a favor and leave a review so other friends can find this episode? We pray it encouraged you and left you feeling equipped to run on mission right where you're at. We're super grateful for you and we will see you next week.